Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. I used to be someone that was very stressed, very much a perfectionist, very much pushing myself in every area of my life, very much worrying what people thought of me. And I wasn't particularly healthy. I mean, yes, I used to go to the gym and I would play some sports, but I definitely didn't look after myself. I had no idea about anything holistic, anything self-care. And all of this combined with then getting the virus of glandular fever led me to the poor Point where I was so unwell I couldn't even walk for five or ten minutes. The fatigue was overwhelming. I had chronic pain through every muscle, every joint. I had permanently swollen glands. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing and serving millions of people in person, on TV and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello friends and a warm welcome back to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. So this week I'm sharing an interview where I was on Alchemy with Ambi podcast with amazing Ambi Kavanagh. You may remember her when she was on my podcast when she came and talked about chakras. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, head back and listen to it. It's a really lovely one. But this week when I was on her podcast, we talked about lots of things and I really wanted to just share these things with you. So in the podcast, I talk a lot about my journey of healing when I suffer from ME, how yoga helped me and then how I got into face yoga. I talked a lot about 2020, really doing the shadow work, really shedding that toxic positivity and really understanding about feeling all of your feelings. I gave lots of tips and tools for well-being and I also gave all of the listeners some homework, so three things that they should be doing at home. So I really think that you'd enjoy this podcast, that's why I've put it on my podcast. And before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you about a few ways that you can enjoy massaging your face. So if you head to faceyogaexpert.com slash shop, you'll see on there that we have a range of beautiful gua sha's. So we have jade gua sha, which is great for lifting and firming the skin, can be used at any time of the day. We have the rose quartz gua sha. So this is amazing if you have slightly more sensitive skin. It's a great one to use, particularly in the morning. And we have the clear quartz gua sha, which is so good if you have stressed out skin or you like to do your gua sha, particularly in the evening to calm down and relax. And you can also see the lovely jade precision tool on there, which is perfect if you want to work around fine lines around the lips, under the eyes or around the smile lines. And don't forget the jade rollers as well. I love a jade roller. 
So the Jade Rollers are really great just to use once you've applied your skincare. They just help the skincare get a little bit deeper into the skin. Very good for boosting the circulation, great for lymphatic drainage. And we also stock a gorgeous rose quartz one, which again, is perfect if you've got sensitive skin and it's a great one to use in the morning. So just head to faceyogaexpert.com slash shop or go to the show notes and click shop and you'll see all of those lovely products there. So let's get into this week's episode where I am interviewed by the lovely Ambi. Welcome back to Alchemy with Ambi, the podcast. This is Ambi Kavanagh and this is episode 56, Meet an Alchemist, Danielle Collins. Guys, I'm so, so, so excited today to be sharing with you the wisdom and the alchemy from a lovely fellow Brit and a Pisces, appropriately, because we are now in Pisces season, Danielle Collins, face yoga expert and best-selling author and just all-round lovely mama and just lovely, lovely soul. I always know one when I spot one and I was so happy to connect with her on Instagram. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me, Ambi. I'm so honoured to be here. Yeah, well, I'm very excited to share with everyone a little bit about your journey because face yoga, I mean, we've heard of goat yoga, we've heard of bigger <laughs> yoga, we've heard of all the hot yogas and all the different types of yogas. But face yoga is something that I only really became aware of, even though I knew that people used exercises to keep their faces in working order and, and like not sagging and this, that and the other. But how did you come up with face yoga? I mean, tell us a little bit about what face yoga actually is. So going back sort of 16 years ago now, I was teaching a lot of yoga and I was teaching a lot of relaxation and meditation classes. Now, 16 years ago, the skincare industry, the beauty industry just wasn't where it is now. So whether you go down a more natural route, whether you go down a more invasive route, there wasn't those options. And something I was noticing more and more from my yoga clients was that they were saying, I'm loving what yoga does for my body. I'm dedicating myself to this. I feel more relaxed in my body. My muscles feel more toned. I'm more flexible. My mind feels calmer from my meditation practice, but my face just doesn't match. I wish that you could do yoga for the face. And interestingly, when I trained as a yoga teacher, I remember how crazy it was that we learn everything from the neck downwards, how to strengthen muscles, how to relax them, how to massage them, but didn't learn anything about the 57 muscles in the face, head, and that actually includes the neck area as well. So that was sort of two thoughts I had. And then there was a third thought. And that was when I did some training in facial massage, because I was always really interested in the face. I used to use a lot of acupressure points for healing benefits. Mm. And a lot of those were on the face. So I had this interest in the face and did some training in facial massage. And the training I took was to give other people a treatment. So although this was wonderful and it was beautiful doing this for them, first of all, as a teacher, I wanted to be teaching people to be able to do this themselves, to have the power in their own hands, to have those lovely healing benefits in their own hands, to look after their own faces, but also so that people could do it daily. Because if people come for treatment. Some people, yes, might come once a week, but even that I felt wasn't enough to really get the benefits, not only aesthetically, but from a wellness point of view as well. Mm. So it was all of these thoughts together that led me to the thought, okay, well, let's do face yoga. And the reason 
face yoga then came about is because of a lot of research that I did. So I did a lot of research into techniques that have been used for thousands of years. So in yoga, in Ayurveda, in traditional Chinese medicine, in Shiatsu, but also started to do a lot of research into the facial muscles, how they're Mm. composed, the lymphatic system, the circulation, looking at how the skin is composed and actually looking at how we can strengthen certain muscles, we can relax other muscles and how we can fuse this traditional. So a lot of those techniques that are very much rooted in that traditional Eastern philosophy with much more modern scientific Mm. research. And I put together then what I now teach, which is the Daniel Collins Face Yoga Method. And it very much was that combination of the training that I take and the research, but actually something looking back, you know, over 15, 16 years later, something which I think was absolutely key in putting together my method and the techniques that I still teach to this day was using it with real people. I was Mm. very lucky at that point that I'd built up a a full client base. So I was teaching lots of different yoga classes, lots of one-to-ones, lots of well-being coaching. So I had lots of people that were really keen and interested to try these techniques. So I used to teach just a little few minutes at the end of a yoga class, or I would do little sort of free workshops for my clients where they could come along, trial face yoga, and I'd give them a little routine on a CD that they could do for a few weeks. And we would do before and after pictures and and do feedback. And that was so important, trialing on real people. And it's interesting because at the time, you don't necessarily think that that was a really key part of, of honing the method. But looking back, I really do feel that real feedback from real people was incredibly important. And then a decade and a half later, I'm lucky to be not only still teaching it in groups and one-to-one, but but less of that now and more actually nationally and, and definitely internationally, internationally and a lot more yeah. online as well. Yes. No, it's amazing. And I mean, I love how organically that came with the, the things that you're already doing, what you're interested in and sort of, again, just practicing on the people around you, your your existing clients and students and how it just evolved. And I also really am someone that is very much, I'm very holistic, but I love the fusion of sort of holistic and, and natural ways of, you know, helping ourselves, mind, body, soul, but fusing it with the science and, and the, the kind of, yeah, science and holistic wellness. I think that combination of sort of understanding the facial muscles and everything like that, it's fascinating. Um, it sounds like you, well, I know that you came up with something amazing because you look gorgeous. You oh, never look tired. I'm like, I, I was, so everyone knows I was talking to Danielle before we started recording and I said, I'm one of my things in Pisces season and because it is the Virgo full moon when we're releasing this is that I'm a Virgo rising and I'm obsessed with all things wellnesses. I've just noticed since having a baby 16 months ago that my face is sagging somewhat. Um, I think it's it's largely to do with the lack of sleep. So I am going to be doing face yoga and doing a sort of before and after and and trying it out for at least a month. Is that what you recommend, Danielle, to start with? Is that people sort of start off just doing it, what, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day for a month? Or do we do it for two months? Like, what's the kind of timeline of of doing? And how does someone fit it in that's like me, who's like really busy with their day-to-day lives? I always say to start small. So something which I recommended for you was doing my 10-day course, which is just 10 minutes a day working all key areas of the face. Do it for 10 days. If you love it, if you want to continue it, you can repeat it again. And with that 10-day course, you get a, a full digital copy of my book as well, which has 
piles of face yoga techniques, wellness advice, skincare advice. So you could do that if you want to really kick your start yourself mm-hmm. with something a little bit more structured. But if you think to yourself, okay, I'd just like to dip in and out of this, start super small, start a minute a day, two minutes a day. And because it not only feels great doing it, but obviously you then start to see benefits. I always think this is the best motivator to do more. And actually, if you can get to a routine where you're doing, say, 30 minutes a day, wonderful. Mm. But I always say fit it into your daily life. So if, for example, you sit and watch, let's say, one hour of television a day, just as an example, well, you could do your face yoga while you're doing it then. Maybe you take a lovely bath each day. Maybe you do five minutes or 10 minutes of yoga whilst you're in the bath. Maybe you've got a lovely evening skincare routine. Maybe you have my book, for example, in your bathroom and you grab that and you just say, okay, well, I'm going to do two or three techniques as I'm applying my serum or my moisturizer. And so integrate it into your day-to-day life. Or you may think, okay, this is something which I find super relaxing. It's a form of meditation for me. I'm going to sit somewhere comfortable on my meditation stool or on my yoga mat. And I'm going to dedicate myself to 20 minutes or 30 minutes with some relaxing music you know you could follow one of my apps for example some of my youtube videos whatever suits you but you may find that that works for you so i never say a one size fits all Mm. have a little experiment with it see what works for you but yes keeping it up every day is absolutely the best way to not only see results but also to feel great too because a huge part of face yoga is about feeling good it's about the breath it's about being in the present moment it's about understanding our face where we're holding tension learning to relax that tension areas we want to lift and sculpt but knowing ourselves in quite a a positive way and something which I always integrate into my face yoga teaching is affirmations because I'm such a believer that yes it's great to exercise the muscles and yes it's wonderful to massage the face but if we're looking in the mirror and we're doing what let's face it a lot of us do a lot of the time which is criticizing ourselves picking at certain bits that we don't like or or things that we perceive might be wrong with us. We've built up that narrative that perhaps this isn't as good as it should be. And a big part of face yoga is learning, first of all, just to really get that acceptance and that gratitude of our faces. And then in time, and I always say in time, to get that feeling of self-love and mm. this is such a journey when it comes to self-love of our of our faces and of our appearance because as with anything with self-love you know we don't I think there's very few people that get to the point where they love every part of them at every point in the day yeah. <laughs> but if we can can get to a point where first of all we're really grateful for how we're looking and how mm-hmm. we're feeling and then get to a point where sometimes we can express that self-love then that to me is as important as anything because when we feel good on the inside that really radiates out through our faces. Absolutely and you know what I love about what you're saying is I mean I think that often we do certain things to get a, a tangible result in the physical world. So, you know, even exercise or even, you know, for some people, yoga, it's like they're doing it because yoga makes you really lean and strong, but really we need to be thinking about the inside just as much. So I love that this is, well, it's what yoga is, right? Because yoga mm-hmm. is is union, right? It comes it yeah. comes from that, that concept of union of the mind, body, soul. And it's funny that you say that. I've never thought about it before, but 
isn't it interesting that until you came along with this, and I know that there had been ancient practices of this back in the day, but we always need somebody to take it and make it more mainstream, that we always did yoga. I'm just thinking about all the yoga classes that I've done, and I never thought about the face. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, it's just like yes, the body was getting all that tension and stretching, and yes, the neck sometimes as well, but never, like, there, there is so much tension in the jaw, in, in, the, in the cheeks, and, and just that part of us is... Well, it's such an important part of us, right? And it holds our brain as well. And I'm sure that some of the techniques that you're talking about also have a huge impact on stress levels. Absolutely. And particularly things like the acupressure points. And, you know, these are really rooted in in Eastern traditions and pressing certain points in the face can massively reduce stress levels, Mm. can help with things like insomnia, headaches, sinus issues, jaw issues, but also lots of points in the face are related to the body as well. Um, Mm. Facial reflexology, some of your listeners may may be aware of that, but again, pressing certain points in the face can have really positive benefits for the organs and for the rest of the body as well. I mean, it's all connected, the face, the body, the mind, the soul, it's, it's all one and, yeah. and the method is very holistic. Which I love. And have you, you know, with the people that you've helped over time, because obviously now you've helped thousands and thousands of people internationally, but have you heard sort of, because I always love getting stories from people, you know, after I've done like a healing session with them or done a reading from them and, you know, it might be sometimes years later they come back and say, oh, this triggered this in my life and that and this realisation or it took me down this path. And I'm just like, wow, that's so amazing. Like this one thing sort of led you down a certain path. But with you... With the feedback that you get from people who've used face yoga, and obviously you saw this with the people that you sort of trialed on at the beginning, your existing students and clients. But have you heard sort of stories of, of feedback where you're just like, wow, I didn't think it would take you down that direction of healing this or and like really seeing that mind body face body connection in a way? Absolutely. I'm really lucky that I get this weekly from people, Um, not only people sending before and after pictures, which is always lovely. And we all love a visual of a before and after, you know, less puffiness under the eyes or a more sculpted jawline, which is wonderful to see those results. But very often it also comes with a story of a positive side effect. And things over the years, yes, they have surprised me and things haven't surprised me as well. So Mm. sleeping better, for example. So doing face yoga just before bed and finding that you sleep better or stress levels reduced. Mm. But actually, I mentioned with with acupressure, the sinuses, that's something which I'm noticing, particularly over the last few years, people have been saying to me how sinuses, which previously were very blocked, are now cleared. I've had lots and lots of stories of people that have reduced or completely eliminated migraines, tension headaches. A lot of John people. Could do with are, this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that are very prone to um, grinding their teeth yeah. or jaw tension, TNJ disorder. A lot mm. of people have said that this face yoga and by doing this daily has made a huge difference to that as well. But yeah, I've heard some lovely stories. Just wellness healing it in mm. lots of ways. So certain emotion shifting is always I, I find very very powerful and boost boosting confidence too and boosting self-esteem and that is huge if if someone is feeling better and and looking better I mean it's all again it's all connected the feeling better looking better and feeling more confident and and to me that's yeah massive well you're such a Pisces tell me (laughs) remind me of your exact 
cosmic DNA, as I like to call it with soul astrology. So your, your sun, your rising and your moon, because I remember commenting on a post where so it made so much sense that you were so water, you were so watery. <laughs> I am watery. So I'm a Pisces. I've got my moon in Aquarius and I've got Aquarius rising oh, as well. Wow. Yeah. So I'm born 23rd of February. Um, happy belated birthday again. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like one day I'll give you, you know, the exact time and the place. Yeah. And everything. I'd love you to do like a, a, a proper reading. But yeah, so I've always connected with everything Pisces, but it wasn't until probably the last year or two, I knew that I was moon in Aquarius and mm. Aquarius rising. So it would that be- That makes a lot of sense to me, by the way, because I think, yeah, because I think that my best friend is an Aquarius and my son has an Aquarius moon and so does my brother. And I think that the Aquarians are the out of the box thinkers you know they mm. they they think outside of the box and they come up with these really innovative ideas and I know that you know a lot of what you're doing is taking ancient practices and things that you know from different modalities and from, from different sort of cultures etc cetera, etc cetera, and fusing them together but it's that it's that step of fusing it together to offer something that is palatable in the here and the now and that people can really harness and use and especially through using technology as well because even though you're using your hands you're still using the internet and, and, and that platform to teach people and guide people so I think you're very Aquarian in that way also I would just like to say that I think 2021 is going to be wonderful for you because Jupiter and Saturn are in an Aquarius building new new structures and new things so your rising mm. signs getting a lot of a lot of love and so is your moon from good old Jupiter <laughs> well, that's good to know because it's interesting with 2021 I felt such a sort of heaviness at mm. the moment I think a lot of it is because here in the UK you know we at the, t- at the time of recording we're in full lockdown and because yeah. it's our third lockdown and because I'm a Pisces I'm very sensitive and yeah. I'm very sensitive particularly to other people's feelings around me so yeah because this year has started with that heaviness sort of collectively Mm. it's really lovely to hear that 2021 will be a, a good year and actually I'm sort of eternally positive and eternal optimist really so I always do believe better things are coming and good things are coming and yes so it's lovely to hear that from you as well yeah no I mean I'm with you I I tend to be a very glass half full person and also just it's just I think that it's funny I was so grateful to connect with you again the internet is a wonderful place at times like Mm -hmm. in many in many ways right we get to make these friendships and these connections and just there's always something positive and just sparkly and just uplifting coming from you so I really enjoy all of your content and yes, I do think this year is going to be wonderful for you. And you know what? I know that it's really challenging for the world as a whole, but we're rebuilding. And I think that in that process of rebuilding, we've got to kind of remember that the light's not just at the end of the tunnel, but it's actually with us all the way and, you know, seize those moments, little moments of joy as we can on the journey of which I want to ask you how you've been coping with everything. But I want to just go back a step because you to me are an alchemist because you're someone that is sharing tools with other people that can help them transform themselves and their lives. But I know that you, you know, and I don't know the exact ins and outs, but I'm really excited to hear about this and intrigued that you've really been on your own personal journey of deep transformation and in a way, deep healing and healed yourself, which is so often the case with so many of us that end up being teachers and guides to others before you were able to heal other people. And I know that you you know, this happened because you were diagnosed with ME many years ago. 
Yeah. So 18 years ago, I was 21, just left university. At university, I studied education and English literature. So I'd known from a very, very early age that I wanted to be a teacher and help and share. But the only way I knew how was a very traditional route of, of training to be a primary school teacher and teach in schools. So that's where my journey was taking me. I then left university and became very unwell. So it was a gradual process, probably in my in my final year of university, started to gradually find that my health was declining. And I used to be someone that was very stressed, very much a perfectionist, very much pushing myself in every area of my life, very much worrying what people thought of me. And I wasn't particularly healthy. I mean, yes, I used to go to the gym and I would play some sports, but I definitely didn't look after myself. I had no idea about anything holistic, anything self-care. And all of this combined with then getting the virus of glandular fever led me to the point where I was so unwell, I couldn't even walk for five or 10 minutes. The fatigue was overwhelming. I had chronic pain through every muscle, every joint. I had permanently swollen glands. I remember chatting to someone actually a few months ago and describing how I was at that time as a combination of having very bad flu and a very bad hangover combined and that having that every day. So I was bedridden for a lot of it. And doctors said to me, there's not a huge amount we can do for you. You know, there's no magic pill or magic formula to overcome this illness. It's affecting your immune system. If it's affecting your nervous system, you may just get over it or you may have to live with it in some form for the rest of your life. And I remember, although I was very unwell, being absolutely determined to overcome the illness and to get better. Now, someone recommended to me, why don't you try a bit of yoga? Now, I never heard the word yoga. I mean, it just seems crazy that. <laughs> and I was thinking, what is yoga? So finding out what yoga was. And I remember getting a, an old sort of VHS videotape of some yoga and putting it on. And because I was bedridden a lot of the time, I really had to start just by doing breathing and super gentle stretching in bed. But I clearly remember that first time I took that first proper deep breath, Mm. just thinking, I can heal from this. I know I can heal from this. And at that moment... I knew that I had to explore other ways that I could heal myself from within. And that took me on such a journey. So I seeked out lots of different therapists. I saw an amazing life coach who'd actually healed herself from the exact same illness. And she introduced me to lots of holistic and self-care practices. I had acupuncture, acupressure, massages. I changed the way I ate. I really started to include lots more healthy, natural foods into my diet, which was massively lacking before. For me, things that were really affecting my body was alcohol and caffeine. So I gave Mm. those up completely. Um, Still to this day, I don't drink alcohol or caffeine. Mm. And 
one of the biggest and I think most powerful parts of my healing process was mindset. So I started to understand what my stress triggers were, started to understand about self-talk, the way I was thinking about things, the way I was speaking to myself. And I started to explore meditation, visualization, positive affirmations, mantras. And a lot of these things I would just do whilst I was lying in bed. And because I had such bad brain fog, I wasn't able to read for long periods of time or watch TV or film. So often I would just lie and listen to visualizations and meditations. And the healing process started. It was slow, it was gradual, and there were ups and downs along the way. But within 18 months, I was healed. I was healthier, I was happier, I was stronger than I ever had been before. And I knew I'd gone through that journey for a reason. As I said, from as early as I can remember, you know, five, six years old, I knew I wanted to teach people and knew I wanted Mm. to help and share. And obviously the the path for me wasn't to do this as I thought with children Mm. and in schools, but it was to do it in a different way. And I thought there must be so many people out there that are either going through a similar illness and want to learn really simple, effective self-care and holistic techniques to heal. But also there must be so many people out there that just want to feel healthier and happier. And that's when I then took my training first as a relaxation therapist and went on to train as a yoga teacher, to training in nutrition and face massage, well-being coaching. And yeah, that takes me back to to the journey. Back to the journey. journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. What I mean, but that's such an amazingly inspiring story because you lived it and you healed it. And it never ceases to amaze me that so many of us that are on this path of being sort of guides or teachers or healers in some way for others, we had to walk through the fire ourselves. And, you know, for you, I mean, I've had friends who've had ME and who've never really fully recovered from it. I mean, I know how debilitating that is to go from being bedridden to then being as bright and bouncy and sparky as you are now um, and in, in, you know, full of vitality and and health also to do that in 18 months. And then to, you know, you had to go through that, right? You had to go through that journey so that you could fulfill your soul's purpose. Um, And by the way, so Pisces of you to want to just teach and help people. That's that compassion. (laughs) That compassion is is wonderful, but it can you can drown in it sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Absolutely. you uh, absorb everything that's going on. So, look, you know, the last year or so, I mean, and we all know we've been collectively, globally going through this very intense time with COVID and all the lockdowns and all that sort of chaos in the world and the turmoil and the destruction and the loss and the sadness. And on every single level, I think we've been collectively and individually dealing with something, even if we've been so fortunate to not have impact us directly. It's still like the mental toll and the emotional turmoil and and the suffering, seeing the suffering that others are going through. It affects us if we're empathetic. And, you know, most of us, I think, are empathetic to some degree. So how have you been sort of handling that? Because I know you talk about it quite frankly on Instagram sometimes that you do have your moments where you're just like, gosh, this is really, you know, like I'm grateful for everything that I've got going on, grateful that we're all healthy, but like I'm having a moment. I mean, what are you, what do, what have you been doing to stay sane? And especially now you're in this third lockdown and we are also in, in pretty much in a lockdown. I mean, what are you doing to stay sane, to stay healthy? And are you doing anything different to how you've done things before because of the current circumstances? 
Yeah, I mean, something which I just feel so grateful for over the past year is the fact that I have got my wellness practices and spirituality. I really feel that that's just given me that strength throughout all of this. So yes, I'm human. Yes, I've had wobbles. And yes, I do share about this occasionally because I think that it is important, particularly when you are in the public eye, to show that it is so normal to feel every emotion and we're human beings and it's right to feel every emotion as well. So I think I've really allowed myself over the last 12 months to feel what I'm feeling. I think something which perhaps I've been guilty of in the past is to think, oh, I'm upset about this or I'm stressed about this or I'm angry about this and just try and instantly replace that with positivity. Think, okay, well, I must do some yoga to relax myself or I must do some affirmations to change my mindset. But definitely something which I've tried to dive into over the last year is to say, okay, look, I'm feeling really sad about this situation. I'm just going to let that be there. It might be there for a minute. It might be there for a day or two days, but I'm just going to let it be. But I'm also going to let myself have the permission to let it pass. So Mm. it's about finding that balance between Mm. feeling it and letting it be there, but also saying, look, it's time for you to go now. You've been there, but but move on now, because I think we can hold on to things longer than we need to. So it is finding that lovely sort of balance, which, you know, sometimes we get right, sometimes we don't. It's a delicate dance. (laughs) It's a delicate dance, definitely. But my yoga practice has been a huge part of, of just navigating everything that's been going on with with COVID every day. I mean, very occasionally I'll miss a day, but every day there's some form of yoga practice within my day. Sometimes it may be lying in Shavasana or being in child's pose for five minutes. Sometimes it may be an hour and a half quite strengthening class. Um, something which I've really enjoyed over the last year is yin yoga. So really getting a little bit deeper, um, working into the fascia are really Mm. starting to just get rid of some of that stuff that we hold on to and we hold on to so much stuff so I definitely say getting comfortable with the discomfort's been huge yoga's been massive my face yoga practice is also really important to me it's something which I find from a personal level just helps me with relaxation so I am someone that very naturally holds a lot of my stress in my jaw right if I am feeling any any emotion that my body doesn't like it can be stored in the jaw so for me face yoga practice is being huge and being in nature for me is something which this year has brought out really really a lot for me actually I'm I live in an area where I can very easily go and walk in lovely green fields which I I feel no I see that on Instagram and I'm so jealous it makes me miss England so much I know well it's funny because about a year and a half ago we moved a little bit further out of the city so I live in Bath in the UK and we moved a little bit further out of the city and I'd always been a city girl through and through you know I'm always going to live in the city I said I always want to be with within walking distance of the city but we moved a little bit further out 
just for the family. Little did we know that COVID would happen and it would be the best thing in the world. And actually, I wouldn't want to go into the city too much. So it's been wonderful. And particularly the last year, every day, I make sure that I walk, I walk in fresh air, whatever the weather, Mm -hmm. sometimes alone, sometimes my husband, sometimes with a family, sometimes with a friend, depending on what the restrictions are at the time. Um, But that has been massive for me and just connecting with nature. We've got a lovely forest really close to our house. So forest bathing, you know, just looking up at the trees and loving that. I mean, that's also been hugely transformative. And I would say that that's been the big word, particularly of 2020 for me has been transformative. I've noticed so many shifts personally, professionally, Mm. within the, the collective, within my family and friends, so much transformation. And I will actually, interestingly, look back at 2020 as probably one of the hardest years in my life. However, one of the best as well for lots of reasons. And interesting, as I look back in my life, I do notice often the hardest times, and I talked about my journey of ME, often the hardest times were also the most transformative and the best in in many ways as well. So it's interesting when we have those periods of time and we look at both sides of it, they can be equally the worst and the best together. No, I I think it's the yin and the yang, isn't it? It's it's just, Mm. um, it's the darkness and the light and you need that darkness to break through to the light. And I, I think you're right that we all look back. I think all of us will look back at 2020 and in in many years to come and realise that it was an inflection point, you know, for humanity and for the collective and for us on our individual journeys. And I love what you, everything that you shared. I mean, I think we're quite similar with our kind of forest bathing and needing nature. And I've also been completely into yin yoga really in a big way because I just didn't have the energy after the baby for some reason to do really much more. And just yin just kind of brings me into this beautiful state. But I also really like what you mentioned about sort of feeling those feelings and, and and not to sort of bash what you were doing before, but I think I've been guilty of that too, of sort of slightly toxic positivity, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. it comes from a good place because you are a positive person and you're just like, oh, I don't want to bring more negativity into my life or the world. But I think that collectively and individually, we've had to face that darkness, that toxicity, that those feelings that aren't particularly nice, feeling a bit down, feeling angry, whatever it is that we've been feeling, you know, individually and for the collective, and just allowing ourselves the permission to feel that is so mm. healing. But like you said, not holding on to it for too long because it's like, who wants to sit in anger for days on end and months on end or years on end or, you know, a whole chapter of their life? Or who wants to sit in sort of pessimism? It's like you don't want to sit in it, but you have to also allow yourself to sit in it for a, a momentary time in order for it to pass through. So I love that you kind of went into a bit of the shadow work, really. Yeah. Definitely. And that, and that shadow work has, um, I really dived into that sort of early last year, did lots of EFT, lots of different healing modalities to really do a bit of that shadow work to start to understand where certain things come from and why there's certain beliefs that I'm holding on to. And, you know, I have done a lot of that over the years, but I stepped into the more of that last year. And sometimes I just think that that's just so amazing. I mean, you look at, you look at certain feelings and thoughts that you have every day. And when you 
really delve into why do I do that? Why do I feel that? And it's maybe just one thing one person said to you maybe 25 years ago. (laughs) And it's not until you do that shadow work that you think, oh my goodness, how silly. You can almost laugh at that, can't you? So um, yeah, I found that that shadow work really, really helpful. And that's something which I will continue to do as well. Yeah, me too. I'm, I feel I feel like you're mirroring back to me exactly what I went through. I mean, I've been a teacher for a long time. I've been on this spiritual journey and path for a long time. But I also just really felt called to, to do the work and to really not be complacent, to think that, oh, I've reached this level of evolution. Like, I don't need to continue to do the work. I do still need to continue to do the work. I think we all do. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, it's just nice and affirming for me to hear that from you. So this year... We know it's going to be good for you, Danielle, because you're an Aquarius (laughs) rising and your moon in Aquarius. I'm really excited for you. But what would you say if you had a word for you personally for this year and also maybe even for the collective? What would you say is the theme for you? If last year was sort of transformation, what's this year for you? Oh, that's really interesting. I always go with my gut instinct. And as you were saying that, because I hadn't pre-thought about this question, you know, I, I didn't know you were going to ask it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> as you were saying, no, 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 absolutely fine. Like, I, I love that. And I love going from gut instinct. But the word as you were saying that was clearing. Wow. Now, I don't know why that word has come up, but I feel that clearing is going to be a big word this year for myself and for the collective as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, and it's funny (laughs) because I think when I think when you said clearing, I think that, you know, when we're rebuilding, which is a lot of rebuilding going along in different countries and for the world as a collective after everything that we've all been through, we need to clear, we need to make space Mm. for the, for the new to come in because if you don't have a clear space, how can something new come in, you know, and be built in that in that space? So we need that void in a way. And that's what clearing does. I like that. So I like to give our listeners a little bit of homework with the episodes. And, you know, when I do my solo episodes, I give them homework based around sort of the moon cycles and what's going on astrologically. But when I have an alchemist like you on, I like to sort of say, okay, what would you tell them to do? If you were to give everyone a little bit of homework, given everything that you do in your life and your passion, your purpose, and also all the tools you use, could you give our our listeners just a little bit of homework to do between moon cycles to see how it might help them in some kind of a way? Yeah. So the first thing I would really recommend, and this might be a practice that many of your listeners do already, but it's to start to keep a gratitude journal. So every day, the first thing you're going to do when you wake up in the morning is write down what you're grateful for. Now, if you don't like writing it down or for whatever reason that doesn't serve you, just do it in your mind. Simply say thank you for and list at least five things. You may find more, but that practice of starting the day with gratitude changes everything. And we often walk around thinking, oh, well, I am grateful for things, but it's not until we actually list things and it can be super simple, like thank you for this warm, comfortable bed. Mm. Thank you for my home that I live in. Thank you for my family. This shifts everything. So I would say that would be the big homework if you don't already do it. And if you do already do it, just start to think about how you can bring that a little bit more into your day, how you can express gratitude, maybe more to the people around you or through the work that you do. 
I'd really say that that one would be huge. Um, and again, I think many of your listeners will already do a yoga practice, but I think just dedicating a little bit of time every day for your yoga. And interestingly, we've both brought up yin, which has been a huge mm. part of our 2020 yeah. and now 2021. So maybe just diving into a little bit of yin yoga, I would say would be another bit of homework. And of course, starting a bit of face yoga as well. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that would be great. Um, take it easy, take it simple, pop on my Instagram, start off with just do a couple of my sort of 30 second, one minute techniques, and then just work out how that would work for you in your routine. So gratitude yoga and face yoga. Yeah. Well, I am going to be, I love all of that. I'm, a, I'm all about gratitude, but I also love what you said about sort of extending that for those of us who already kind of think, oh, well, I am grateful or I do have a gratitude practice of sorts to extend it throughout the day. That's something that I'm going to definitely do because I do sort of wake up and think of what I'm grateful for and go to bed thinking of what I'm grateful for. But I think during the day, I could be a lot more grateful <laughs> um, to, yeah, you know, to everyone. Yeah, to everything and everyone <laughs> around me. I could definitely show that come from that place. Yin yoga, I'm also really into yoga nidra at the moment. That's been my mm -hmm. other big thing. It's just been tra hugely transformative. And face yoga. So everyone, I'm going to do Danielle's 10-day sort of face yoga challenge as such. Not really a challenge, it's just to kind of kickstart you on your process. And I'm actually going to track this with a before and after picture on Instagram. And so... If anyone wants to join me, I'd be really excited. Um, Danielle has a huge amount of videos and other content. In fact, you do so many videos on Instagram. I'm always super impressed by how you just come up with them. It's just like, oh, there's this one for this thing. And I'm just like, okay, one day I'm going to sit down and do it. So find Danielle on Instagram. You're at face yoga expert on Instagram. It, yeah. And is it, it's www.faceyogaexpert.com. That's right. And I've got my YouTube as well. So piles of videos on there, two new videos a week posted on there, the face yoga expert, my book, Danielle Collins face yoga. You can get that on Amazon. You could use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store. So loads of ways that you can do face yoga. Yeah. And I would really like somebody in Alice, amongst the listeners to join me on my challenge because I could do with a friend on this journey. So guys, <laughs> hit me up. Let's do Danielle's face yoga challenge together and let's transform us and not just about transforming our faces but let's just let's just let that stress from the last year melt away and just get ourselves feeling better which will automatically make us look better and really I think looking better because of result of how you're feeling truly on the inside is just the most beautiful thing that you can ask for really because that's really that's real beauty it's inner and outer beauty and I love that um, Danielle you're an absolute superstar uh, happy Pisces season happy belated solar return again and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today thank you Ambie it's been an absolute pleasure so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins face yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.